This is Jim Humphrey, and you're listening to Live Well. Last week, during part one of our episode, we discussed quite a bit about chronic illness, inflammation, and more specifically, diabetes. Uh, we ended the, the episode a little bit on a low note, uh, talking about all the problems and risks is associated with type 2 diabetes. So uh, this week's episode is going to be a little more upbeat. We're going to basically share the good news. And the good news is that diabetes is both preventable and treatable. Even though there's no cure for diabetes at this time, most doctors agree there are specific things you and I can do to prevent the condition. There are many steps that, uh, that we can take, but I've listed uh, eight here that I believe are significant and helping us prevent and even potentially reverse diabetes or pre-diabetic conditions. However, I must stress, this is my opinion based on my research and practices and having been raised by diabetic parents. Be sure to consult with your doctor before making any significant lifestyle changes um, as a result of diabetes or that may impact your, your health long-term. So with that, let's move into it. The first one I've listed is, yes, you guessed it, Sugar. An interesting thought about that wonderfully sweet white stuff that we call sugar that we can't seem to live without. In August of 2017, the Business Journal of Sports Medicine published an article stating that sugar should be considered an addictive substance and on par with other addictive substances like cocaine and opium, partially because of its refined, partially because it's refined from plants that yield pure ripe crystals which is a process they say significantly adds to its addictive properties. Of course, this article received a hurricane of backlash from the food industry, as you can expect. If sugar is truly addictive, though, this is going to be one of those things that we find ourselves rationalizing a way around quite often, which, by the way, hint, hint, is a true addictive behavior in itself when we begin rationalizing our way around doing something good. One of the reasons that added sugar is so harmful is due to the increased inflammation that can lead, uh, which as a result of the sugar intake, but more importantly, what that inflammation can do in leading to other sorts of diseases, including things like diabetes. Interestingly, sugar is also one of the main chemical causes of depression. Uh, which is contrary to many people's perception of having that candy bar or a sweet drink, uh, you know, during the middle of the day to kind of give them that physical or mental boost. It actually, actually has the opposite effect on our mental capacities. Studies have shown repeatedly when mice were fed high sucrose diets, they developed breast cancer that spread quickly to their lungs, in part due to the inflammatory responses of sugar. Again, going back to our inflammation discussion of last week, those inflammations can cause other things which can lead to type 2 diabetes. And type 2 diabetes itself can also lead to additional inflammations. So it's a very, um, it's a very vicious cycle once it begins. In a random clinical trial where people were assigned to drink regular soda, diet soda, milk, or water, only those in the regular soda group had increased levels of uric acid, which drives inflammation and insulin resistance. If you recall, last week we talked a great deal about insulin resistance and how that has a direct uh, correlation to inflammation itself. Therefore, if you want to reduce inflammation, I recommend starting with reducing sugar. You'd be surprised how quickly your inflammation will decline if you just reduce 
your sugar intake. And a quick example for those of you who like, uh, as some of my relatives do, like to have two or three sodas during the day. If you cut those things out, you would be surprised how much better you'll feel overall and how much inflammation will decline in your body. Second on the list is reducing omega-6 fatty acids. Now, consumption of vegetable oils has increased by 130% in the U.S. during the 20th century alone. Despite what we've been led to believe for many years, consuming these vegetable oils isn't necessarily healthy. Unlike extra virgin olive oils and coconut oils, vegetable and seed oils are often extracted from foods using heat and solvents like hexane, which is a component of gasoline. And I don't know about you, but I really prefer not to drink any components that are associated with gasoline and things that go in the, the tank of my car. Vegetable oils produce this way, uh, vegetable oils produced this way include uh, things like corn, safflower, sunflower, canola, peanut, sesame, and soybean oils. And I'd advise, if at all possible, to avoid all of these if you can in your cooking. In addition to being highly processed, these types of oils promote inflammation due to their high omega-6 fatty acid content. Although some dietary omega-6 fats are necessary within our diet, a typical Western diet, however, provides much more than people need on a daily basis. Number three on our list, fun physical activity. Yes, I said it, physical activity. The key here is finding a physical activity that is enjoyable and lifelong. We've been taught time and time again that being active is good for both our physical and emotional health. Being active and staying active can help you manage your diabetes or even help to reduce your risk of type 2 diabetes altogether. According to the Mayo Clinic, regular exercise can help to manage and reduce effects of heart disease, diabetes, asthma, back pain, arthritis, cancer, and dementia. Our body was made to move, so let's get up and move. Soon after beginning regular physical activity, you will see benefits in areas such as improved sleep, reduced stress levels and anxieties, stronger bones and slower calcium loss. You'll find it easier to manage your type 2 diabetes. Your body will begin to use insulin more efficiently. You have increased amounts of glucose for use by muscles for energy. And this will help you lose and maintain healthy weight. Number four on our list is incremental and intermittent fasting. And oh boy, has this one got a lot of press lately. Despite what you may have heard from your friends while sipping your tall, skinny, sweet, non-fat latte, fasting is not a trend or a fad of the day. It's as old a practice as human existence itself. It's grounded in culture, religion, health, and it's supported by numerous research studies confirming its benefits in recent years. In a July 2018 publication of Healthline, dietitian Rachel Link listed several health benefits of fasting that are backed by science. First, let's clarify. Fasting is defined as the abstinence from all or some food or drink for a set period of time. In general, most types of fast associated with cultural and religious backgrounds are performed over a 24 to 72 hour period. Intermittent fasting, however, involves cycling between periods of eating and fasting, ranging from a few hours to a few days at a time. Fasting has been proven to have many health benefits from increasing weight loss to mental clarity and better brain function altogether.
The first and most relevant benefit related to our discussion of diabetes, fasting promotes blood sugar control by reducing insulin resistance in the body. Promoting blood sugar control by reducing insulin resistance in the body. Very important. A 2017 study published in the World Journal of Diabetes found that of 10 people with type 2 diabetes, short-term intermittent fasting significantly decreased blood sugar levels. Another summer review found that intermittent fasting was as effective as limiting calorie intake and reducing insulin resistance altogether. This reducing insulin resistance is a big deal because it increases your body's sensitivity to insulin, thus allowing more transportation of glucose from the bloodstream to cells more effectively. When you combine this with lower blood sugar levels as a result of fasting, the result is blood sugar remains steady, preventing spikes and crashes. It's important to note that the effects have been noted to vary between men and women, and that's primarily due to the differences in men and women's chemical makeup. Number five on our list, restful and regenerative sleep. You may be surprised to learn sleep can affect your blood sugar levels. And to make things more interesting, your blood glucose can also affect your sleep, which, yes, you guessed it, results in trouble sleeping. There are many reasons we may have difficulty sleeping or getting good night's rest, however. Issues such as high blood sugars, sleep apnea, being overweight, restless leg syndrome, or variations of neuro- neuropathy or nerve pain. One key point to remember, however, it can become a very vicious cycle. If you have blood sugar levels that are either too high or too low during the night, you may find yourself tired throughout the next day. Uh, lethargy and insomnia can both be attributed blood sugar control and can uh, be a key to reestablishing a healthy sleep pattern. To achieve a better night's sleep, consider a few of the following suggestions. Keep your blood glucose level under control. Number one, understand that this vicious cycle can occur and the best way to prevent or correct this is with proper blood glucose management. So if you know you already have a problem, keep it under control. Make sure your bed is large and comfortable enough and your pillows at a comfortable height. This would seem rather obvious to many, but there are those people who just don't think the investment is good, is worth it uh, for a, a good mattress, good pillows and such. Ensure your room is cool, and the ideal temperatures are between 65 and 69 degrees, and well-ventilated. Many find that air, air circulating uh, over them as they sleep uh, helps them to relax and sleep much easier. Ensure your bedroom is dark and free from noise. Uh, if this isn't possible, then consider using uh, something like a sleeping mask or earplugs. Uh, some find that a form of white noise helps uh helps in this regard as well. And, and even a box fan. Uh, I know myself, I enjoy listening to the sound of a fan when I sleep, whether it's blowing on me or not. And I think it's probably more psychological than anything else, but hey, I like it. Incorporating a period of exercise into each day is vitally important. Don't rule out the positive effects of regular exercise in all facets of your general health. As a general rule, avoid late night workouts. Unless you're you know, a night shift worker or something to that effect, Uh, For most daytime workers, avoid strenuous exercise after about 9 p.m., generally two hours before you go to bed. Finally, maintain a regular bedtime and avoid electronic devices within an hour of sleep. Avoid the blue lights emitted from electronic devices before you go to sleep. At a minimum of an hour, 
but preferably about two hours before you go to bed. Uh, number six on our list, drink plenty of water. According to a CBS report, 75% of Americans are dehydrated. According to a 2019 rehydrate.org report, 2.2 million die annually due to dehydration. Being hydrated is a vital part of both feeling good and having good levels of energy. The higher a person's blood glucose, the more fluids they should drink. This is why uh, thirst is one of the main symptoms of diabetes. And if you, you've known anyone personally who is a diabetic, you'll know they always seem to complain about being thirsty. In some cases, diabetes gets people so accustomed to being thir thirsty, however, that they don't realize it and gradually become severely dehydrated. They get so used to the feeling of being dehydrated that they basically stop um, feeling the need to drink something um, as a result of that. If a person is not drinking enough water, the kidneys are one of the first organs to suffer. Your kidneys must have sufficient water to eliminate excess glucose and other unwanted waste products from your body. And a general rule of thumb, if your urine is dark or dark yellow, you're not hydrated enough. What this means is the body is now storing as much excess water as possible it can to counter the dehydration that it senses is coming, which takes needed water away from the kidneys even more so. If this occurs too long, the kidneys will begin to shut down their processing causing other more serious problems. Number seven on our list, and yes, I'm gonna step on a few toes here. Stop smoking and do so immediately. I know I'm getting a little personal for some. What, uh, what does smoking have to do with diabetes? Well, it's, it's quite simple. Researchers have discovered that smoking contributes significantly to the development of type two diabetes. In fact, smokers are 30 to 40% more likely to develop type 2 diabetes than non-smokers. And people with diabetes who smoke more likely than non-smokers to have trouble with insulin dosing and management of the disease. Bottom line, the more cigarettes you smoke, the higher your risk of type 2 diabetes. Most importantly, no matter what type of diabetes you have, smoking makes your diabetes harder to control overall. If you have diabetes and you smoke, you are more likely to have serious health problems resulting from diabetes and other serious complications. And these are complications such as heart and kidney disease, poor blood flow to the legs and feet that can lead to infections, ulcers, and possibly amputation such as toes or feet. If you'll recall from last week's part one of this episode, we talked about the numbers who lose lower limbs uh, every year as a result of diabetes. Uh, retinopathy an eye disease that can cause blindness, uh, peripheral neuropathy, damaged nerves to the arms and legs that cause numbness, pain, weakness, and poor coordination. Studies show people with diabetes who quit smoking see immediate improvement with, con within, with control of their blood sugar levels. Number eight, last but not least, what's called the 80% diet. Hopefully to this point, a light's begun to flicker with you uh, as you realize what we eat and where it comes from is vital to our overall health and longevity. If your body is not getting fresh, natural nut nutrients, diabetes may be a part of your future. In the series title, Live Longer, Feel Better, it is emphasized that all modern health experts would agree that we should be eating at least 80% of our food in the form of organic fruits and vegetables, including as many dense greens as possible. Think of green as your healthy color. 
among all things, the experts disagreed on related to general health. This seems to be the one area that they all seem to agree on. So how do you begin this transformation in eating? Well, first stop eating junk that's full of chemicals and additives. And it's not hard to figure that out. Start eating fresh and nutritious diets that will give you, give you your brain, the nutrients it, des it deserves and it needs. You notice I stated the brain and not the body. Uh, our body systems are all driven by that little magical computer hard drive in our cranium, our brain. If it's nutritionally, nutritionally deficient, you can be assured the rest of the body is also going to suffer. Many studies suggest that food, foods rich in anti antioxidants help protect the body from oxidative damage. One significant impact of chronic inflammation, recall our discussion yesterday, or last week, uh, one significant impact is that it can cause long-term damage to our body internally. Antioxidants help to protect the body from this inflammatory damage, thus reducing the opportunity for long-term damage. You can try these tasty antioxidant food-rich foods uh, to begin with uh, as you're starting to adjust your diet. Think about things like dark greens, uh, dark green vegetables. Um, and a good example here is kale. For a lot of people, kale doesn't sound good. Um, they may not even try it yet, but it doesn't even sound good. But uh, believe me, give it a shot. If nothing else, start mixing it into your, your green salad to add a little bit uh, darker, rich green vegetable into your salad. Uh, try more fatty fishes, uh, things like sweet potatoes. Um, use turmeric uh, with your food dishes. Um, yes, you can have coffee, but keep in mind it needs to be in moderation. Eat things like blueberries and teas. There's a whole host of options you have to ensure that you're getting the proper antioxidants within your diet. Now friends, this is the good news. The good news is type two diabetes and diabetes in general can be prevented and it can definitely be treated. Um, now it may not be able to be cured, but we can treat it and we can prevent it. So keep these things in mind as you go throughout your, your, your days and your weeks, as you begin to pick up that, that, or you're making that food choice, make sure that you're making smart, wise decisions, read labels. Uh, you'd be surprised to meet people, just go to the store, grab the thing that looks looks nice on the label, uh, on the front of the, uh, the can, the box, the bag, what have you, uh, without even reading what's in the so-called food. Uh, and what you'll find is much of what's in these foods are not necessarily foods themselves. So keep those in mind. Until we meet next time, remember, live well, take care of yourself, and take care of others.